0: I'm Daria Rose, and this is The Foodist Podcast, where real people use real food to get healthy and lose weight without dieting. Hey, everyone. Welcome to The Foodist Podcast. I'm Daria Rose. Today, I'm talking to Rochelle, who has a fascinating story. She is a paraplegic who doesn't have the ability to use her legs. And and this, this was an accident, a snowboarding accident that she was in 18 years ago. For a long time, her weight wasn't a problem, although she did have a somewhat unhealthy relationship with food and her body. But over the past three years uh, since she got married, she's put on about 20 pounds and is really frustrated with it because she just finds that it's really difficult with her super busy job and kids and family life to be as active as she feels like she needs to be in order to lose the weight. Rochelle and I get into it a little bit. And what's really interesting about this episode, I think it it will apply to everyone. So uh, Rochelle's really a (laughs) go-getter. She really wants to be like doing all the things and be like a total badass in how she works out and the things she does. And because of her schedule and her physical limitations, because she can't be that way, she's kind of ended up doing nothing. And after talking back and forth a little bit, we realized that a lot of this is actually more psychological than physical. Like 100% she has physical limitations and time limitations and geographic limitations and all sorts of stuff, but a lot of people do. Um, But the bigger issue is sort of feeling like the amount of exercise needs to be at a certain level for it to count and that she needs to hit results in a certain amount of time, like her husband does or like her friends do. And this sort of comparing herself to others and to her past body that she really wishes she could reclaim and that these thoughts are really narrowing her options and taking a lot of really practical practices off the table. And so we talk about how she can go about reframing that in her own mind and some exercises that she can do in order to get that perspective back. And um, there's a lot of psychology here. I think you guys will really like it. And oh, by the way, and also if anybody has any um, exercise suggestions for uh, somebody who doesn't have a lot of use of their legs, I'm I'm sure that Rochelle would love to hear it. So thank you guys and enjoy. This episode is brought to you by ButcherBox. Did you know that 97% of the beef for sale in the US is grain-fed and processed in feedlots? Because of the crowded and often filthy conditions, these cattle are fed antibiotics to help prevent the spread of disease. It's also terrible for the environment. That's why, personally, I only eat meat that is grass-fed and humanely raised. Unfortunately, 100% grass-fed and humanely raised meat can be pretty hard to find, and that is why I love ButcherBox. ButcherBox sources the best meat from all over the world and delivers it directly to your door. They guarantee that the beef is 100% grass-fed and grass-finished and never taken from feedlots. All their products, including their chicken and pork, which is especially hard to find uh, good quality pork, uh, are free of antibiotics and hormones. Plus, all their animals are humanely raised and enjoy free range. With ButcherBox, you have the peace of mind that you're eating healthy meat that is good for your body and responsibly raised. Order today and get $10 off plus some free bacon in your first box. Go to butcherbox.com foodist and enter the promo code tomato. And I can tell you from experience, their bacon is to die for, like super, super stellar. You'll also get free shipping in the continental United States and fabulous step-by-step recipes with every box. If you've been following my work for a while, you know how rarely it is that I promote products. That's because I only share things with you that I personally believe in and use. ButcherBox is one of those rare unicorns, and I'm thrilled to be able to share them with you today. Again, to sign up, go to butcherbox.com foodist and enter the promo code tomato to receive $10 off and free bacon in your first box hey rochelle welcome to the show hi thanks for having me yeah it's great to have you why don't you start by giving me an idea of what's been going on
1: so in a nutshell um i have i was in a snowboarding accident as a teenager and i've been a paraplegic for 18 years and so i'm obviously sedentary um and now that I, I'm, a, I'm a lawyer, and so I'm sedentary at my desk all day long. My office is one floor. It's not like I can be climbing upstairs or anything. So there's not really a way for me to kind of move more than... I, I haven't been able to find a way where I can move, just be more active during the day. And I know that that's kind of part of the reason that I've gained weight. In high school, um, before I was hurt... I was always kind of a bigger child. I was tall. I developed early. So weight has always been some, I don't remember a time in my life where I haven't been conscious about my weight or body image
0: ever. Welcome to being a woman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> exactly. So, um, but after my accident, you know, as 15, as I was a teenager, um, I dropped a boatload of weight because um, of the trauma of it and then was able to keep it off Forever, you know, but also had a really unhealthy relationship with it. It wasn't like, oh, I'm gonna be healthy and be active and do all this stuff. I mean, I worked out and and ate really consciously, but it was definitely not a healthy, wasn't a healthy relationship with food or body image ever. I've never had I've never had that.
0: You were thin, but you liked it and you were trying to keep it that way. Exactly.
1: So that was right after my accident. And then when I was in college. I was gravely, gravely ill. I had bone infections and pressure sores and all that stuff. Well, I had dropped even more weight. And so in college, I was really thin. Of course, I thought I was a fat cow. But looking back on it now, I'm like, holy cow, I was so little. <laughs> um, but it's really sick because I've idolized that body image is what I think is healthy, even though I was on IV antibiotics for almost two years wow. straight. So it hasn't been healthy ever.
0: Isn't it I, like, I just want to stop there because um, it's, it, you know, it, it could easy, it would be easy to say that your situation was exceptional, but I don't think that's the case um, in terms of the body image mm. stuff you're talking about. The, the way you're describing, like you were really thin and you still weren't happy with your body. You still thought you were, would you call it a fat cow? But now (laughs) you look back fondly on that time. It's that rings such a bell for me. Um, It reminds Mm -hmm. me of when I was in high school, I was so skinny and I was like so skinny. (laughs) I was like 40 pounds skinnier than (laughs) I am now. I thought I was fat and I was miserable. But for a long time, that was what I thought was my quote best. You know, and mm-hmm. you know it's it's very it's it's such a and then like like now like as um as somebody who's evolved beyond that and am happy with my body even though I'm not 80 pounds, um, is like I just look at back at that with like such a sadness, you know. It's like I, hmm. it's so sad that like we we do this to ourselves, you know. We just can't be happy with our person, like with with, with who we are, <laughs> no, <laughs> right. Um, so I just want to take a moment to like point that out because. Um, I don't think that it's such an exceptional thing. I think it's something that a lot of women can totally relate to.
1: And thinking, you know, saying it out loud, it's like, wow, that was really, that's really sick. (laughs) Right. You know, like didn't even, well, and granted, I lived with a a group of like beautiful girls at the time. And so it was, and they were all very, very, very thin. So the, the comparison has always been something that's very prominent in my world of comparing, constantly comparing my, me against other people. I mean, that's just, that's just the way yeah. my brain works.
0: A, a lot of our, all, everybody's brain kind of works like that. I mean, you can look, tr- you can train it to not do that. But I think the default brain <laughs> is what, what, you know, problem solving and problem solving involves comparison.
1: Right. Yeah, absolutely. It's frustrating though. Cause it's like, I know I shouldn't do that. You know, I don't know how to train my like you said you can train your brain not to It's like how how do you do how do you do that because I would love to know
0: there are ways I, I mean that's why I, I talk about mindfulness so much because mm-hmm. you know step one is being okay with the present moment, and that's what mindfulness mm-hmm. trains you to do um because when you you sit and you you know let's say you're meditating or eating a mindful meal or whatever you sit and you try to just pay attention to what is actually physically real in the moment and thoughts come up you know thoughts come up in your brain mm-hmm. and inevitably with our thoughts comes judgment criticism mm-hmm. evaluation usually ultimately reflects back on the self usually negatively and um you know part of it is just recognizing that that's what your brain does by itself and mm-hmm. then being okay with that voice, like understanding that that voice is going to be there, but you don't necessarily have to listen to it. You know what I mean? Kind of. I was listening to one of your podcasts and you
1: were, some girl was talking about something and you're like, okay, just take it as, okay, thank you for telling me that brain. I'm going to just choose not to listen to you. (laughs) Because
0: usually, usually, I mean, this is a part of your brain. Like I said, it's the problem solving part of your brain and it, it has good intentions, right? And it's probably served you really well at some point for something. It's just, in mm-hmm. this case, it's not helpful like that, right? And sure. so, but, um, but it's not when you're in it, when you're like, <laughs> when you're in that mode of mind, it's really hard to get that perspective, step back and think to yourself like, oh, that's not helpful right now. Let me just go think more Zen. <laughs> like, like that's not, <laughs> you know, like that's <laughs> not, so you have to train yourself to do that when it's not such a hot topic, you know what I mean? When you're just sitting and eating, you're just sitting and breathing. And, um, and then when it, it just gets easier, you know, you can bring it into your work life and then you can bring it into your personal like relationships. And then maybe you can work on it with yourself and like, and your own like <laughs> self-talk and you know, it, it's, it's a, like I said, it's a, it's a training and you, you do it in, in places where it's easy so that you can have a chance at doing it when it's hard.
1: Okay. Well, that's good to know.
0: I always just felt stuck. So uh, I'll definitely have to try that. The mindful meal challenge is, um, do you know about it? Have you done it? Well, I've started to do it. Um, actually yesterday was the
1: first first day that I did. I was at, cause I, I I eat almost every single lunch at my desk. Um, and so instead of checking emails and working, I just like push, you know, locked my computer, turned off my phone and just like sat with my food and ate lunch and thought about it. And it was really, even it, you know, still only didn't take me forever to do it, which ordinarily I'm like, Oh, I'm going to lose this billable time. Um, but it, 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 was really, ni- it was a nice respite in, in the middle of a kind of a crazy day. So I actually really enjoyed <laughs> like shutting off. Yeah, the no,
0: it's exhausting. It's exhausting to like constantly be judging and evaluating and thinking and problem solving. So yeah. I'm glad you're trying it. Um anyway, the the videos that I offer in that program and by the way, anybody listening, it's a free program. It's a 5-day mindful meal challenge. If you go to mindfulmealchallenge.com, you can sign up for free and start on Monday. <laughs> um but uh, <laughs> yeah, I go th- I, in the videos like it's meant to be sort of a primer for this sort of brain training. And, and and I hope that it's enough to get people thinking, because the biggest issue people come up with when they're, um, when they first start a mindful practice is they think that if they're judging and evaluating or thinking during the process that they're failing at it. But I try to emphasize that it's actually, that's the practice. Like you practice just noticing when you're doing that Hmm. and coming back. Um, and so I, I take you through in those, in the videos of the program, I take you through, sort of the challenges that come up and how to address them as they come up. And, um, yeah, it should be a good, a good intro if you're into that stuff. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah, no, definitely. I'll definitely try it. I noticed that. Yeah. I, 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 love to cook. My husband and I cook together almost every single night. And so that's really fun, but I don't, you know, I, I don't enjoy the meal as much as I should. Listening to your podcast, I realize like, oh, I don't really enjoy these meals that much. Like I just kind of I'm not even paying attention, you know, so I've been really trying to slow down and, and mindfully eat. So.
0: Cool. Well, I can't, I can't wait to hear how it goes for you. <laughs> I'll, I'll definitely let you know for sure. So back to college.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, so back to college. So I was very, very sick for a very long time. Um, and then was healthy for about a year and then got sick again. And Gosh, so that must have been um, awful. it was not fun. It was, it was pretty scary there for several years, but, um, thankfully, you know, thankfully it's, that has, has, is passed. So I'm, I'm the healthiest I've been, um, physically than I ever have been, um, since, since my accident. So that's a huge awesome. positive.
0: And that's, yeah, that's worth acknowledging. That's a big deal.
1: <laughs> it is, it is, it is worth acknowledging, but at the same time, it's like, okay, I'm healthy. Now I'm noticing okay, my eating patterns are more regular. Um, you know, I I wouldn't ever say I had an eating disorder by any means. I wasn't anorexic or, or bulimic or anything, but I definitely had a weird relationship with food and now that's kind of gone. Um, but because of that, because I'm eating like normal food more regularly and I've had a, I got married three years ago and there was a lot of stress that went along with that because I I haven't, uh, an ex-wife for my husband that I've had to deal with. So um, it's been a stressful time. And now I'm kind of this last, you know, probably six to nine months has been the first time in the longest time I can possibly remember that everything's just kind of quiet. And it's like, okay, now I'm realizing, Oh wow. I've gained a lot of weight. I've gained probably 25 pounds since I got married three and a half years ago. And I don't know how to get it off because I've never had to lose weight naturally. Like I've never had to, I lost weight because I was sick or I got hurt. It wasn't because I was dieting and exercising properly. And I was on, you know, I, I didn't, I don't know what works for me basically is the bottom line and how, and, and how to kind of manage how to manage it, how to manage it on a regular basis without being physically injured or on my deathbed, basically is is the bottom line. Right. So your current
0: <laughs> so, weight loss plan involves getting really really sick.
1: <laughs> exactly, intravenous IVs, yes, <laughs> intravenous medication.
0: Um, but it sounds like you've made a lot of progress. So, like in terms of food, yeah,
1: yeah, I would say in the last, I would say probably in the last like nine, well, probably since September, I started to just make better choices. But then really in January I did, um, I did the, I did the whole 30 and I loved it because I have chronic pain and insomnia. So I was like, okay, well, how do I, what am I eating? That's triggering these ailments. You know, I was tired of taking ibuprofen and it doesn't work anyway. And, and there isn't much hope for, um, for relief other than very heavy narcotics. And I, I won't take those. So, I was like, okay, well, let's try this and see if, if it helps. And it did, um, it, it really, the low inflammation diet is, works wonders for me, but it also is so much work, um, to, to sustain that. It's like, I don't, this isn't, this isn't a realistic life plan for me.
0: And during the whole 30, did you like, did you, besides the, um, inflammation going down and the pain stopping, did you lose weight too? Was that part of it?
1: Yeah, I think I lost about five pounds. The problem is, is I can't like weigh myself to know. So, you know, it was like for 30 days, I didn't like try on any pants that I wanted to fit back into. There was no, you know, there was no like marker. And then after it was done, I put on some pants and I was like, oh, these are bigger than normal, which is great. But there has to, for me, in order to notice any weight loss, it almost kind of has to be kind of a substantial amount because it's not like I can weigh
0: myself daily. You know. well, I, yeah, that's that's um, that's good. But you did notice that there was an effect,
1: yes. Mm-hmm.
0: And that was in September, January.
1: No, that was January. just in January. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: So you did the whole thirty, and then how? So you said that that was too much work to continue indefinitely, and I agree. <laughs> um, so I'm curious what you've done.
1: <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah.
0: Did you figure out any of the triggers? Like, did you? What did you learn anything besides? If I'm really, really strict, that I can get good results.
1: Um, I realized that I learned what I don't need. Um, not necessarily having having a direct impact on like pain or insomnia, um, but in the beginning, I was really missing dairy, and I didn't even think I drank milk that much or ate that much cheese. But I was really missing that, and then I don't crave it anymore at all. And I haven't, and I know that can be really inflammatory, and so. Um that's one of the things that I haven't inter I mean I've eaten a little bit of it but not it's not something that I've introduced back into my diet and it's not something that I'm missing that much. Um my sugar intake I noticed I for me I, I the things that I were the hardest things for me to eliminate were dairy and sugar. Uh well and one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but
1: um those three things together, eliminating them really, cause I was eating kind of whole 30 compliant before. I mean, I wasn't really strict of like reading every single label and things like that, but it was whole, we cook, like I cook three meals, you know, I prepare, like we eat at home now more often than not. And so like we eat breakfast and I left over dinner for lunch and things like that. So it wasn't like it was that radically different from what we were doing. Um, but I did notice when I added wine back in, it definitely upped my leg pain. So I know that that's definitely a trigger for insomnia and leg pain for me. So I don't, I don't drink, um, very often at all anymore.
0: Really good observations, by the way, I, I couldn't ask for a better client. <laughs> you know, you've like done the experiments <laughs> and you have answers. That's great. <laughs> it's also very motivating that way too. Like, you know, when you know, for when you can, absolutely correlate like behavior with an outcome, like that, that can be really motivating to keep you sort of on track.
1: Yeah. And I, it's, it's bizarre. Cause there are certain, like I, we don't eat a lot of processed foods. Um, but there are certain ones that I had been eating in the past, like just to beef up a salad, like I'll do, um, like those, what are they like little onion things that are baked and I'll put those on the salad. Well, I notice like I'm really sensitive to sodium, like extremely sensitive. And so I'll notice right away that my, I, we had it like a week ago. Cause I was like, Oh, I still have some of these. I should, you know, beef up the salad. And, um, immediately my tongue started to like get really like, swollen. so I was like, okay. All right. So I I keep a running list of of foods that are like, okay, I cannot eat this because I know that there's a ton of sodium in them and it's just going to trigger like a, a bad leg pain episode.
0: Yeah. Um, so since January have, have you noticed any changes? So you've, I'm assuming you've added back some stuff. It sounds, you told me a lot of stuff that you're still not really doing, but what have you added back? What's changed?
1: Um, I I mean, like I said, I do drink, but not nearly as much as I did. So maybe twice a month now, as opposed to (laughs) three times a week, three or four times a week. Um, so that's a big change. So, but that has come
0: back. I'm going to go ahead and say that doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>
1: um, sugar, I'm not so crazy about. Um, I have eaten a little bit of sugar. Like my daughter's birthday was in February, so after we were done with the whole thirty, you know, I had a cupcake with her. Um, I had one this last weekend at a at a baby shower, but it was just half of it. I'm not. So it's not like I'm like no sugar, no sugar, but it's just not nearly as much right as i was eating before just so i'm try- so i've added i've added it back a little bit um but just in in much smaller quantities
0: yeah it sounds like you ate it how i eat it now <laughs> like well, you know every once or twice a month i'll like have a bite or something i don't even like it anymore <laughs> it's, it's it's weird what happens like after a while kind of like what you said with the the uh, onion sodium on your tongue like mm-hmm. after you've lived without sugar like ha- even a little bit is so overwhelming like after a while
1: i had and they were great cupcakes friend of mine made them this last weekend and i took a bite and i was like overpowered with sugar i was like okay i'm good i don't need anything else I'm, it's amazing you know i it, yeah it was just really really strong so that's a good
0: thing So it sounds like you're still pretty much like on the course. So my husband started the whole 30 with me
1: in January and he's lost 20 pounds in three months
0: and it's (laughs)
1: maddening. (laughs) It's so maddening. And so, um, and I have other family members who are doing the whole 30. And so they are having this like wild success, which is fantastic. Like I'm thrilled for them. Um, but I also know that they've upped their exercise, and they've upped different like my husband. Well, we walk in the morning with our neighbors on the weeks that we don't have our kids because we split custody, which is new for us. So we started walking a little over a mile and um, those those days in the morning. Um, but then he gets home at a reasonable hour, so he'll go on another walk in the afternoon. Well, okay, I get home at six o'clock, and then we've got dinner, and when we have the kids, it's kid time and stuff. So it, I don't have the luxury of really doing more than I'm doing, and so I feel like my progress is it's just a lot slower than other people. <laughs> is your husband still doing it? He basically eats what I make for him. And so, uh, but it, I mean, we eat the same thing. Um, he's not as, again, he's not as rigid as, as it is on like the actual program, you know, like he's added ranch back into his salads cause he's obsessed with ranch. Um, mm-hmm. but he's basically eating the same way that we were on whole 30 with, with the exception of a few things. Okay. So,
0: and so you're just frustrated. Yeah, really. Frustrated. Because you think, so oh, I was going to ask you, um, since the whole 30s, so you said you get, you, you guessed you lost about five pounds mm-hmm. during that time. Mm-hmm. Have you, what has happened since then weight wise?
1: I don't think I've lost anymore, but I don't think I've gained it either. So I think I've maintained, which is fine, but five, it's not five pounds isn't good enough for me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you still want it. You still want to lose. I mean, yeah. do, do you really think your sick high school or college weight is your goal or what, no. what do you, what do no. you think is, um, realistically, not realistically in the, like, I'm not happy, but this is realistic, but like realistically happy, where do you think you could be?
1: Um, I think if I lost 15 to 20 pounds, I would be realistically happy. Um, there are a pair of jeans that I bought right after I got married. That are not crazy small, um, but they're super cute and I love them and I cannot fit into them anymore. And so if I could just, my goal in my mind is, and I, I, I made a promise to my husband, I was like, if I fit in these jeans, I, you, I have no more permission to like bash myself or have negativity or anything like that, because it's like, okay, looking back on those, you know, during that, and I didn't crazy diet for my wedding. It wasn't anything like that. I'm not, ai wasn't kind of a bridezilla by any stretch of the imagination. Um, so it's a realistic goal for me to fit back into those genes,
0: but also a little, a little arbitrary, (laughs) (laughs) a little bit, a little bit. Um, Okay. But that's sort of, that's the, what that's the target. Yeah. And, and so your hypothesis is that, well, you have two th- two things. One is just impatience, yes, because you see other people around you losing weight faster. And in my experience, I don't know why men lose weight so much easier. <laughs> it's insanity. It- Every single like I've talked to like dozens, maybe hundreds of women who are like, "Yeah, me and my husband do the exact same diet, and he lost forty pounds." And I'm like, the same. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> yes. Um. I think well, there's a lot of reasons for that, but I think a lot of it's hormonal. Um. But also there's this other thing where you you feel like if you could be more active, that that would help.
1: Totally. Yeah. And I mean, you know, it's like, I would love to do a lot of exercises at home and stuff, but the, and I used to work out when I was in college, I used to work out all the time. I was in this like therapy program, but it was also working out um, with a trainer, but it was like two hours, three times a week. It was very time consuming and very intense. And when I was in law school, I would work out, um, you know, after class at nine 30 at night and then go back to work until two o'clock in the morning at my law firm. But, um, I got so burnt out with just the intensity of that type of fitness that I don't have, I don't have a swing balance back to moderate. You know, it's like, it's like a thousand percent or nothing at all. So, you know, it's easier for, there's just, there's a lot of things that I'm able to do and that I love to do. Um, but there's a lot of exercises like the home videos and the, you know, like, I don't know, I saw this thing for daily burn on Hulu. I was like, Oh, that's cool. And then I was like, wait a minute, I can't do 90% of those exercises. Cause I don't have the use of my lower, the lower half of my body. So there's this kind of like, I'm a go big or go home person. And it's like, okay, well, I went big and now I'm just going home because I I don't know know what, I don't know how to kind of just consistently do something that works for my lifestyle now because I don't have a lot of time either.
0: Got it. It sounds to me, and please correct me if if I'm mistaken, but it sounds like there's two components here. Like one component is obviously you have real physical limitations. Mm -hmm. And that's frustrating and definitely creates real barriers. Um, But it sounds like there's also a mental component where you want, you like want to do everything. And if you can't do everything, your solution is to not do anything. Right.
1: Totally. Oh, that's, that's exactly the way I'm wired. Good to know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't think that's going to help you. No, it's definitely not going to help me. And I, and I recognize that about myself. You know, I recognize that I mean, I landed in a wheelchair because I was a go bigger, go home person, you know, I was doing a 360 when I shouldn't have been doing one. Like I just that's my mentality, you know? Um, and so it's I, I'm I'm at a point in my life where my life is calm. I'm very happy, I have a great marriage, I have great kids, I have a great job. I'm at a point where I have the luxury of kind of sitting back and figuring out what truly works for me long-term. And that's what my husband always tells me is like, you just need to find out what works for you. And I'm like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> that's that's the rub. You know, I don't know what works for me. And I feel like I've tried so many things um, and they work for a little while, um, but they just to sustain it for a long period of time is really, has been really challenging.
0: But it sounds like mostly what you've tried is really hardcore things. Well, yeah. I mean, cause I don't, I haven't heard, I like, I, I haven't heard you. I mean, let me know if you have, but like, I haven't heard you say anything that wasn't like super intense. No. Or walking.
1: No. I mean, like when I started working out again, I was like, cool, I'm going to do boxing. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and then I got carpal tunnel on my elbows. So I was like, all right, I should probably not do boxing. Um, yeah, no, I'm definitely a like definitely a hardcore person, I guess.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's cool. Like, that's fine. Um, the problem, like the the issue is if that mentality narrows your options too far Hmm. and then prevents you from achieving your actual goal, which doesn't sound like it, it doesn't sound like you actually want to be that intense practically. right? It sounds like you tried that and it didn't work for you because it, you, you burned out.
1: Right. Absolutely. So it's not what you
0: actually want. Yeah. No, that's, and it's I, just your inclination.
1: Right. Exactly. Absolutely.
0: So, you know, it's interesting. So one of the, the benefits of the mindfulness actually, that we were talking about earlier is, um, that when you are present in the moment and you can sort of recognize your thoughts and your judgments and your evaluations for what they are, which is just your brain kind of screwing with you. Um, so when, when you, the the inclination that humans have is when we get into those thought patterns and the judgment patterns and the evaluating is we like, we really buy into them, you know, like we embody those thoughts and it becomes our identity. You know, we really get wrapped up in it. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, when you've really like embodied those thoughts and feelings, it narrows your your focus. Hmm. It narrows your repertoire of what your path options are because you're seeing basically, you've like basically put on a pair of glasses that makes you have like selective vision for like one path. Hmm. And your path is hardcore, right? Yeah. And so one of the benefits, so what mindfulness trains you to do is just... Not necessarily being able to take those thoughts and just hold them and recognize that they're there, but not buy into them so hardcore. So it's like picking up a pair of glasses and looking at them and being like, yep, this is definitely tempting for me. Hmm. I really like these, but not actually put them on and go down the path. Yeah. And so basically what the mindfulness allows you to do by like sort of objectifying your thoughts a little bit, it gives you... Uh, what they call cognitive flexibility. So basically it opens up more paths. I like it. That makes a lot of sense. You know, it's, it's, you know, when you get into that, so when you get into that story of, you know, well, I, you know, it needs to be like this intense. And if I'm not working out this much, then I'm never going to get results and it's pointless. And I'll, you know, my husband's doing that. Like that's all part of the story,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: but like, but, when you're able to pause and reflect and like really listen to what you're saying, you also told me that you don't want to be so intense. You have this opportunity in your life right now where you have flexibility and you want to like find this balance mm-hmm. and you'd like to not have this dysfunctional relationship with food and And still, you have fitness goals. Mm-hmm. And all those things are compatible, but not when you got those glasses on,
1: yeah, that makes sense. yeah. I'm just like reflecting back on like. That like totally hits a nail on the head, you know, mm-hmm. like it's always been a thousand miles an hour or zero. That's just the way I've just been,
0: I guess. Yeah. And that's how we are. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not, you know, it's not just you. It's sure. like we, we are like that. Humans are like that. Yeah. Um, but once you sort of recognize that that's what's happening, it makes it a lot easier to be like, ah, and step back a little bit.
1: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I, It'll just, I'm going to have to learn to recognize what's happening when it's happening. You know, I just need to, mm-hmm. I need to like train my brain to, yeah, to hit the pause button, you know, to hit the mental pause button. I mean, like two weeks ago, I went snowmobiling for the, I mean, I have been sit skiing and stuff a really long time ago after my accident, but I was snowmobiling for the first time ever last weekend and it was so amazing. And I woke up the next day, I was so freaking sore holy cow, (laughs) my my abs were sore, my back was sore, everything, my thighs, because I do have a little bit of movement in my thighs. So everything was just aching. And I just remember thinking, oh my gosh, this feels so good to use my muscle. Awesome. It it was, it was awesome, you know, but then it was like, well, walking, isn't going to get me to do that. So (laughs) it's that, it's that, you know, those glasses again, like, no, it's not realistic for me to go snowmobiling every single day and to be absolutely in. Excruciating soreness the next day. Like, I just need to take it one day at a time. Right. And do kind of do the best I can every day.
0: And you can still snowmobile sometimes.
1: Oh, of course. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So it's not like we're, we're like eliminating, it's not like we're talking about like you just doing like water yoga. You know what I mean? Like, and that's just your new thing. It's like you can still do those fun things Mm -hmm. and feel great about yourself. Sometimes mm-hmm. you just need something that like for Tuesdays, right? Exactly. I just don't,
1: like I said, I just don't know what that, I don't know what that is yet. I need to figure, I need to figure out what
0: that is. Yeah. You don't know what it is yet right. because you haven't really looked. No, that's true. Yeah. Like you've been looking for, you know, the exercise version of whole 30 that all that you can do. hmm. Totally on a regular basis. And that doesn't exist. Right. So you need something different. (laughs) What is it, Daria? Tell me. (laughs) I don't know. What do you like? What have you? I mean, you've probably tried something. I mean, this is a great opportunity. So now we've like got some distance, right? So every time that you be like, that's not going to be good enough. Like I'll call you out on it. (laughs) I'll be, (laughs) I'll be your, uh, um, I'll keep you separate from your mind that's attacking you. Okay, deal. <laughs> um, Challenge accepted. But let's, yeah, so let's think of some things right now that might be more exercise than walking once a day.
1: I did yoga a little bit last year, and I really liked that. Um, the stuff that I could do, I, I really, really liked. But again, it was extremely time-consuming and very expensive because I needed private lessons.
0: So you went to a, a trainer um,
1: mm-hmm. and she was fantastic and was very, um, very creative with me and, and poses and things like that. And I really loved that. Um, but there wasn't a lot that I could do without her there. And so I was like, okay, well, this isn't, this isn't again, feasible to, to, to keep going long-term, but I loved, I loved the stretching component of that and the strength training or the strengthening of my body doing that exercise. So I really did like that a lot. How often were you going? I was going twice a week.
0: Were there, was there any parts, components of that you can you can bring home? or?
1: Yeah, there was a, there was a few. Um, yeah, there was definitely a few of them. And I'll do them now, like when I feel like my body is getting really tight. Like I'll do some of the arm stretches and, and like back exercises and things like that just to kind of loosen myself up. Um, so yeah, there's definitely some of those that I that I do every once in a while, but not nearly as much as I probably should. Mm -hmm. Um, But I did, I did like that type of exercise. That was, it was like a relaxing way to strength train, Mm -hmm. (laughs) even though it was very challenging, which was really my, my, as I've gotten older and from sitting, it just, my, my body isn't as strong as it, Mm -hmm. as it used to be. So low impact has been, I'm gravitating more towards low impact other than snowmobiling, of course, but, (laughs) 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 but yeah, just on a day to day, I feel, I find myself gravitating towards more, more like walking instead of going to the gym and doing like a crazy hand cycle session for 45 minutes and like wanting to die afterwards. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. All
0: right. So you could maybe, um, slip in some yoga moves here and there. Mm -hmm. What else?
1: Well, what I've know, what has been consistent and I don't, I don't really enjoy it, but it's been consistent for me is a hand cycle. Um, that's kind of like my go-to cardio, but honestly, I, I think I've just completely burnt out on it. And mm-hmm. so just the thought of it right now makes me want to throw up a little bit. So it's probably not, not something I want to incorporate back into
0: that sounds good. Did you have one at home, or did you go to a gym?
1: Both. Yeah, I had one at home last year that I used just a couple of times, and I was just like, you know, I freaking hate this. I absolutely hate this. So well, we got, let's
0: not do that. Yeah, so, so we
1: so we got rid of it. But it also is like one of the best ways that I can get consistent cardio. So I don't. I haven't found anything that can replace that for me.
0: Have you ever? Did you ever try pairing it with like? watching shows or podcasts or audiobooks or mm, yeah. anything like that. I, yeah. All of the above. It didn't help.
1: <laughs> no, it was,
0: it was just awful. Okay.
1: It's just monotonous and routine and so boring. I was just like, Holy cow. this Yeah. It sounds
0: like a, I mean, treadmills aren't that great either. Exactly.
1: Exactly. When I've worked out with trainers in the past, I really liked that doing the, doing muscle or, um, free weights and things. I have enjoyed that in the past, you know, but then there's also that fear in, you know, that I have of like, okay, I know that I, I gain muscle really easily and I already have kind of broad shoulders and bigger arms. Cause I'm using them for my legs. So It's like, I don't really want to bulk up, you know, so I need to, I need to do more research on, you know, when I was in college, I didn't have that issue at all. You know, I was so little so I could do as much weights as I wanted. Um, so I need to f- figure out a way to do more, um lean muscle building as opposed as opposed to just bulking up I don't really have exp- I don't know enough about it mm-hmm. um other than what my trainer told me to do
0: yeah i imagine like a like a light pair of dumbbells like a 3 pounder or like a yeah like a 3 pound you could like probably do some serious pain inducing <laughs> workouts with like repetition, you know, so yeah. it's almost like cardio, Yeah. but you know, it's like, you're never going to get bulky from like a three pound weight, but mm-hmm. you know, you do 40 of something and you rock out to some music and like that you start getting into like cardio territory there. Okay. Can okay. we do those on the, um, I have a, a Peloton bike. And so I like, I've never done exercise classes at all but every i've, I've like started doing this because my husband bought this bike and, um, <laughs> and there's like little weights like on the back of the bike oh cool and some of the classes like in the, some of the longer classes they at the end um they'll they'll like do like a little five to ten minute like arm session hmm. and like you know when i go to the gym i like i use real weights <laughs> like right. 15 20 pound weights like right. dumbbells um but i'm like you know i first pick up these like little three pound like geez these are for like like who like who who uses these? And by the end I'm dying. <laughs> Cause they're like having you do and you just do it, you just do it like fast, like with the music. Oh. And I'm just I'm not used to working out that way. I usually sure. do like really slow reps and like higher weight and stuff. Mm-hmm. But um it, it's pretty tough. So okay. and that's something you could just like have at home for ten dollars. You yeah. know what I mean? Oh, for sure. No, definitely.
1: Okay. And I think actually my I think my husband has a whole bunch of weights. I'll definitely do that. I'm writing that could
0: be a gold mine. It <laughs> could be,
1: yeah. Yeah. I'm writing I'm writing notes down. So I'll definitely I'll definitely do that. I can do three pound weights to music. That sounds kinda of fun.
0: So it sounds like one of your issues is that you work a lot of hours. I do. Right? Mm-hmm. So you you have mornings, but that's pretty much it, right?
1: And every other week. <laughs> In the morning. Every other
0: weekend.
1: Well, yeah. Every other other week. Every other week. Okay. So our schedule is we have our kids seven days on and seven days off. Well, our kids go to school an hour away from our house. Um, And so the weeks that we have our kids, um, like this morning, I think I got up at between 5.30 or 6. Like we get them ready out the door. And then I leave the house in my pajamas because I drive them and because they have to be at the drop off at 7 in the morning and then i come back home get ready and then i go to work and then i'm working until usually get into work about 9 because i get home about 7:45 um from dropping them off and so then i but because you know i've got billable hours so i work until 6 6:30 at night and then when we have them it's dinner and bedtime and all that so that's that week the other week is we get up in the morning with our neighbors and walk Um, but I'm also work more hours during those weeks typically because I'm trying to make up for time lost because I do have to leave at six o'clock when we have our kids. So, and I have a husband who I actually really enjoy and love spending time with. And so, so there's also those, you know, during those weeks that we don't have our kids, it's like, okay, I haven't talked to you in a week. How are you? Let's go out on a date or, you know, so there's just that, there's that, um, kind of home, home stuff as well. So it's yeah. re- it's been really difficult for me to find, to carve out time to, to really be consistent with something. So that's why, yeah. that's why I really liked the whole 30. Cause I was like, okay, I can do this all the time while I'm at work or no matter where I am. But it's also not cool for me to go to a, like a catered lunch meeting and bring my own lunch. <laughs> so, Cause I did that. I was like, this is really rude. <laughs> this is not This is not something that I should be <laughs> <laughs> this is not cool. So, um, so it's just been really difficult for me to find that balance of, of trying to carve out some time to actually work out.
0: It's been hard. Yeah. Yeah. And that would be hard even if you didn't have physical limitations. Yeah. 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 It's a lot, it's a lot of stuff. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, there's a lot of know, parts.
0: and do you like, um, can you, is it possible to like take little mini breaks at work? I think you, you said you live in Fresno, right? I guess it's really hot during the summer.
1: It is, and that, and I feel like I'm like the woman of a thousand excuses. I can't regulate body temperature. I don't have the ability to sweat, and so because of my accident, and so outside anything in the summertime here is off limits because I'll pass out.
0: Uh-huh. Uh-huh.
1: So anything I do, like because I've thought about that, like oh, there's a Starbucks, you know, just kind of maybe like a. I'm a half a mile away. It's like, Oh, I'll run and go get some Starbucks. Wait a minute. It's 110 degrees outside. I will literally be on the concrete if I do that. So yeah. yeah. But when I was living in San Diego, when I was in college, I walked everywhere all the time, constantly. I mean, that was, I lived downtown and so I didn't drive my car for weeks at a time. You know, I, Mm -hmm. I loved that lifestyle a lot Mm -hmm. and it's just not possible here, which is really frustrating.
0: Yeah, that's brutal. Mm-hmm. So you have geographic limitations as well. <laughs>
1: yeah, That's what I mean. It's like, I i feel like I'm giving so many excuses. It's like, no, there's, it's just, there's just so many parameters that I'm dealing with that like yeah. getting, I get, I just feel boxed in.
0: Yeah, no, it's a lot. Um, And you're definitely gonna have to do more trial and error than... Like most people would have to do because yeah. you just have so many factors to to manage at one time, but you know that doesn't make it impossible, right? Right. I just need to be more creative. Um, I'm wondering, and I think you you vaguely referred to this earlier, but um, like at home tape type things, like. Mm-hmm. Pilates tapes or something.
1: Yeah. I just, I I saw this thing on Hulu for the daily burn and I was like, Oh, I'll look at that. And then I looked and I was like, well, there's, it's so full body physical that there's a, you know, a lot of those exercises that are just not, not possible for me to do sitting down. Um, and I can do some of them on the floor,
0: but have you checked, um, the internet for like, exercises specific to your condition?
1: (laughs) Yes. And you want to know what it is? It's like old 90 year old women that are like so overweight and they're like sitting there with like weights, like barely moving. And they're like, okay. And I'm like, holy crap. This is... I wonder why people in wheelchairs are so overweight. I mean, holy cow, this is insane. It just was, it was mind boggling.
0: Okay, I have an idea. Here's what you need to do. Okay. You need to quit your job.
1: (laughs) And become a fitness trainer for people in wheelchairs.
0: Become a fitness trainer for people in wheelchairs. Start an online business and rake it in. Then you can move (sighs) back to San Diego and live the dream.
1: Done. I'll let you write the letter of resignation to my boss and explain that one. (laughs) No. And it's funny because I've actually thought about that. I'm like, if I could find the thing that works like in the midst of my crazy schedule, in the midst of like all of my, not just physical limitations, but like energy limitations and pain limitations and things like that. If I could find something that would actually work, I would market the hell out of it and like, yeah, become Richard Simmons, but sitting down in a female and more awesome. Yeah. let's say a little
0: bit more awesome. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> um, okay. So the exercise is going to be a challenge and it sounds like you're going to need, you know, do a lot of experiments. Maybe there's like crazy tools that we've never heard of, like thigh masters for your shoulders or something like (laughs) shoulder masters, Um,
1: (laughs) new invention. I'm going to make it.
0: um, But more important than that is, is so, well, there's a few things. Um, So you like, so the, the first step is like developing some flexibility around what counts as exercise and when, and like how much you need to sweat and how sore you need to be, you know, like for it to count. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's like sort of step one. And then, sort of using that reframe and mentality that you can draw from that to be really creative like and you might you might stumble on like a career changing idea you, like it's not crazy, like I used to be a neuroscientist <laughs> did you really yeah, that's crazy. I was like on an academic path, I was like looking at mouse brains under a microscope all day oh my when God. I like solved this diet problem. For myself, and like lost twelve pounds while actually eating for the first time in my life, and I so I just like started this blog on the side while I was in graduate school, and now it's like my job that's awesome, yeah, that's a thing, especially with the internet, you know it's like you can do this stuff cheaply and from anywhere, so that's a thing, that's definitely a thing okay um so you know I would keep an open mind and keep exploring there and, you know, keep up your walks and try not to compare yourself to your husband.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And he like weighs himself every morning and he, and I'm like, you bastard, like I can't even weigh myself. (laughs) I'm no marker for like small incremental progress.
0: Yeah. I think that's a blessing in disguise though.
1: Is it? Because I feel really frustrated because I'm like, okay, did I lose a pound today? Did I not, did I gain a pound today? You know, like or two pounds. It's like, he's like, I I'm bloated. I gained a pound. I need to not eat any salt today. And I'm like, okay, that's great for you. I have no marker to be able to kind of judge that.
0: Here's why I think yours is better. Um, the scale is, I mean, it's, it's a number and it's data, but you have like, I mean, you've listed off dairy, sugar, wine, sodium. I like was taking notes, uh, all these things. And like, you know, exactly how they make you feel. Yeah. And every single one of those things, when you recognize that connection between how you feel and what you eat, you change your behavior to feel better. Hmm. And those little tiny behavior changes are actually how weight loss happens.
1: Okay. Hmm.
0: And having that direct feedback that you're getting, you're not, you know, because like the scale. A lot of people find it motivating slash demotivating slash interesting, um, but it's external motivation. Yeah. And what you're tapping into is internal motivation, which is far more powerful down the line.
1: Hmm. Okay. Well, thank you for saying that. It, that makes me feel better.
0: Absolutely true. It's absolutely true. And, and you don't have, and like the scale. So like, you know, you eat sushi and you're three pounds heavier because, you know, it's like, <laughs> it's not like necessarily the best data point. I mean, Mm -hmm. I, I, it can be useful over time, but you need to not be emotionally attached to it. And you know, it's, it's a little complicated. I have clients that I'm like, just don't get on the scale. (laughs) (laughs) Got it. Um, But you know, so you have made significant behavior changes as a result of, you know, you did this like sort of whole 30, which is basically an elimination diet Mm -hmm. and you've made, you lost a little bit of weight and you made significant changes, behavior changes. Mm -hmm. And, That is your route. Like that is the path to success is like finding little tiny things that you can do that make you feel better. Okay. Another thing I was going to bring up is, do you know the data on weight loss and exercise?
1: I've heard you talk about it before. And I've heard you say like weight loss or exercise doesn't make you lose weight, but I don't know that like hard data on that now.
0: Yeah. It just. And because what happens is exercise makes people hungrier,
1: oh, okay. I've heard you say that
0: before. Yeah. So people tend to just eat and so they tend to maintain their weight <laughs> right. um, and look better for sure. Right. Like exercise is super important, and it like you look great when you're toned, and like definitely that's real. And, mm-hmm. you know, maybe there's some leeway there if somebody like was super 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 sedentary and then like all of a sudden was like pretty active like mm-hmm. i've definitely noticed in myself like when i'm more active like i, I call it uh, it's called i don't call it the science community calls it neat non-exercise ac- activity thermogenesis so non-formal exercise activity mm-hmm. can help you burn a few extra hundred calories a day and um you know, it's nice if you can harness that. But for the most part, like if you could exercise like a lot more, it probably wouldn't do much in terms of budging the scale. Hmm. So diet is really the place to focus if weight loss is your goal.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I guess I'm really fortunate because it for me, I'm over, you know, in my mind, I'm overweight. But it's like when I look at other people in the, in the disabled community, I'm like, okay, I'm not doing terrible. So I know that (laughs) (laughs) like I, you know, I, and I, I praise God, I still have so much uh, ability and mobility. You know, it's not as if I am completely incapable of, of doing exercise altogether. And I know that there are people out there that, that can't, and that's really frustrating. Um, so I'm very grateful for the ability that I have, but like what you're saying, I just, I do need to get, I need to get more creative, but more importantly, I also need to like focus on that internal motivation of, of doing what makes my body feel better.
0: Yeah. And by the way, yeah, that same thing applies to exercise that same mentality. Okay. Getting a certain amount of physical activity, like feels better right? Like it lifts your energy, lifts Mm -hmm. your mood. There's like all sorts of data on that. So I definitely encourage you to continue on that path and find, it sounds like you're like the type of person who likes to be active anyway.
1: I do. And I'm not, and I'm so frustrated by it. (laughs) Yeah. Like you need
0: to solve that problem, but I think you need (laughs) to solve it by not thinking that you need to be like doing handstand marathons or something.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I've definitely, I was like, maybe I could start cycling. Like then I'll, I'll be like a Paralympian like cyclist or something like, yeah, I'm like, extreme. I'm totally extreme. Yeah.
0: We just want you to be, fi- be active, you know, not, <laughs> like you said, you like not, not be super sedentary and right. however you can figure that out. Like it does, you don't need to move mountains. Like we just, mm-hmm. and, and by the way, like it can grow, like you can start small. In fact, that's usually the best way to like create a real habit.
1: Yeah. I was listening to a podcast this morning from, that gentleman that had the Apple watch and was like just walking more and then wanted to do more to like exercise and fill his rings on his Apple watch. And now he's goes to the gym when he hated it before. And so I, I, it was, it was a long, I think it was like over a year ago, one year podcast, but, um, that resonated with me quite a bit. It's like, okay, just start out, just start out small and then, you know, just do a little bit more as I feel like, okay, I could do this, you know?
0: Because a lot of the things that you've told me are like things you can't do. Like I, I hear that a lot. So sure. like focusing on things you can do is mm-hmm. really powerful. Yeah. Okay. I can do that. Awesome. I have a feeling that you're like, like, you're absolutely right that. um Yeah. When you do the whole 30, it's, it's, it's very extreme and mm-hmm. losing five pounds is great. Uh But you're right. Like if you just take like my foodist approach to eating, mm-hmm. I think I lost like a pound or two a month for like six months. <laughs> That's great. It is. But like, if I tell anybody who wants to lose weight that they're like, that is unacceptably slow.
1: If I knew, like, if I knew that it was going and, it, and, and honestly, I didn't do the whole 30. To, I mean, I didn't do the whole 30 to lose weight. I just, I did want to reset my habits. Cause I knew that some of my habits had gotten just away from me and that they weren't as healthy as I would have liked. And so I did like that. It kind of realigned me back to center, um, which I'm really grateful for. Um, but I under, I'm finally in that mindset within the last couple of weeks, to be honest with you that I'm like, okay, if it takes me a year or a year and a half to lose what I want to, I'm okay with that. If you would have asked me a month ago, I would have been like, hell no. Like I'm going to Hawaii in June. I need to lose 20 pounds in six months. And that was my, that was my frame of mind. Um, That has always been my frame of mind. And so I'm, I'm becoming, I'm finding that I'm becoming more realistic and more accepting of just being more graceful with my body as opposed to thinking I need to do this extreme thing like we've been talking about, you know, so. So I have noticed that like mental shift.
0: Excellent. That is your ticket to salvation. Okay. 100%. Like, you know, have the mind, having the mindset that like, this is a process. Like, I mean, especially with all you've been through, you know, it's like, you've been sick, you've been hurt, you've been bedridden, like you, as you have these um, pain issues, I mean, for you, like feeling good, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> should be like <laughs> number,
1: number 1. one. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I never thought about it that way.
0: And huh. that is what'll happen. So like if you if you approach it that way and like obviously like I'm like you can't just like snap your fingers and like have weight loss goals disappear, <clears throat> but if that secondary goal compared to just like getting all these other things just like managed and so mm-hmm. that they're not like they're not extra inhibitors mm-hmm. that you don't need that is I, like you know it says I like not only will you actually solve those problems which is amazing but I, the weight will come off That's <laughs> like how it happens
1: <laughs> awesome I can handle that
0: and by the way I also think that like mindful eating like the, the challenge you're doing will be mm-hmm. a game-changing habit for you
1: okay yeah, it w- it's like yesterday, you know, I just had a little bit of leftover tri-tip and some mangoes and some carrots and I'm just like sitting there looking at the color of this stuff and I'm like, "Holy cow, I've never stopped to observe this before." <laughs> you know? Awesome. Like I know the mangoes yellow and the carrots are orange, but you know, I just have never stopped to really appreciate it. And so I was excited, you know, kind of that moment happened. So,
0: cool. And again, like it'll help you like not only, well, first of all, the magic of mindful eating is like when you practice it over and over again, like you'll just find that you kind of eat less and mm-hmm. that you're more picky about what you'll eat and and you'll enjoy your food more. And it's just sort of like a nice, like you're saying, like it's a nice break from the day and it's a nice habit, but also it should help with some of this reframing stuff that you're doing because it, it inevitably, I mean, it's it's a brain training exercise, I mean, at at its most fundamental level and it trains you to have perspective Hmm. and to like get back in touch with what's real and not buy the thoughts that really want to, that aren't helpful. At the end of the day, they're just not helpful. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's like they want to be helpful. Yeah. (laughs) They want, they're like, they think they pretend they masquerade as helpful, but they're really not at the end of the day. Right. Cool. How do you feel? Yeah.
1: I feel good. I feel, um, I feel positive. Like, I feel like, okay, I'm, you know, this doesn't have to be this hard, you know, Mm -hmm. um, that I can, it's, I feel like it's manageable. Like, okay, I can do, I can do a little bit more, um, mindfulness and I can do a little bit more, even, even if it is like, okay, if the kids are in the shower, you know what, I'm going to go right, go around the block one more time just because I need to like, mentally clear my head, not because I want to lose weight, you know, Mm -hmm. just need to like be more, yeah, just mindful all the way around and kind of just slow down and be more intuitive with myself.
0: I love it. I think you have a bright future of happiness and skinny jeans.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Hopefully. Yeah. So no, it feels
0: good. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah. My pleasure. Keep me posted. Okay. Okay. I will. Take care. This episode is brought to you by ButcherBox. Did you know that 97% of the beef for sale in the US is grain-fed and processed in feedlots? Because of the crowded and often filthy conditions, these cattle are fed antibiotics to help prevent the spread of disease. It's also terrible for the environment. That's why, personally, I only eat meat that is grass-fed and humanely raised. Unfortunately, 100% grass-fed and humanely raised meat can be pretty hard to find, and that is why I love ButcherBox. ButcherBox sources the best meat from all over the world and delivers it directly to your door. They guarantee that the beef is 100% grass fed and grass finished and never taken from feedlots. All their products, including their chicken and pork, which is especially hard to find uh, good quality pork, uh, are free of antibiotics and hormones. Plus all their animals are humanely raised and enjoy free range. With ButcherBox, you have the peace of mind that you're eating healthy meat that is good for your body and responsibly raised. Order today and get $10 off plus some free bacon in your first box. Go to butcherbox.com foodist and enter the promo code tomato. And I can tell you from experience, their bacon is to die for, like super, super stellar. You'll also get free shipping in the continental United States and fabulous step-by-step recipes with every box. If you've been following my work for a while, you know how rarely it is that I promote products. That's because I only share things with you that I personally believe in and use. ButcherBox is one of those rare unicorns, and I'm thrilled to be able to share them with you today. Again, to sign up, go to butcherbox.com foodist and enter the promo code TOMATO to receive $10 off and free bacon in your first box. Thanks for listening to the Foodist Podcast. I'm Daria Rose, and if you're interested in upgrading your own health style, learning how to get healthy and lose weight without dieting, and without all of the suffering that it brings, then head over to my website, Summer Tomato, and sign up for my weekly newsletter. When you sign up, you'll get a free starter kit that'll teach you the basics of how to start changing the way you think about food, health, and weight loss. You'll also get a free chapter from my book, Foodist, called The Myth of Willpower that explains the science behind why the no pain, no gain mantra of the weight loss industry is the absolute worst approach to getting healthy. So come over to Summer Tomato and sign up. We have a fantastic community, and we would love, love, love to have you. Thanks for listening, and I will see you next time.